What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we want to take a look at this Cleveland Browns 26-6 victory over the Chicago Bears. And I say victory to be kind because this was a shellacking of the highest order, and I had to watch this game as my second game of the week to get a feel for how it really went down and how truly bad it was for the Bears offense. And I won't mince words. Not to spoil it, I have a lot of concerns about the Bears going forward, and we'll get into that. But let's start with the winning team. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns and how we feel about the Browns going forward. And I didn't get get to the Browns games in the first two weeks of the season, but I did watch them. And I have to say that I'm, I'm impressed with the way that they've looked so far, no doubt, especially on defense. And this was an especially dominating performance by the Cleveland Browns and their defense here. The offense looked good, too, and we'll get into that part of it. But I was especially enthralled with the way that the Cleveland defense was coming from all different directions and giving Justin Fields and the Bears offense fits. I had been bearish on the Bears offensive line from the very get-go, but so the fact that they got hit lit up today doesn't really surprise me, but this was a dominating performance even when you factor in a new quarterback and all the ineptitude on the Bears side. So obviously you could see Miles Garrett over there and he drew enough coverage after dominating the pass rush and allowed for other people to get off in the Cleveland defense. And when you're able to put that much pressure on a quarterback, it's not really going to lead to a lot of things offensively. 22 pressures overall for the Cleveland defense, eight from Miles Jack, six from Clowney, and then two spread around a couple of other defenders there. That was well more than the Bears' offensive line was going to be able to handle. And it was disappointing that Justin couldn't get away from more of those rushers and the like, but it was just too overwhelming. They were coming from every direction, and it just really seemed like Justin didn't have any time whatsoever, and that's a credit to the Cleveland Browns offense, no doubt. Obviously, beating up on the Texans isn't anything to write home about, and it's what you're supposed to do if you're the Cleveland Browns. But playing the Chiefs tough already, and then the way that they dominated this game, you've got to feel really good about your chances in the AFC if you are the Cleveland Browns, especially if you're able to establish the run and are able to pick on teams that aren't used to your running, going against the grain style that you're putting off in Cleveland. That can work against you if a team is really set up for that, but I feel like fewer teams are really set up to stop a dominant running force at this point because more teams err towards the passing side. There's only three teams that run more than they pass at this point, so... We'll see how that plays out, and obviously that's going to have a lot to do with how healthy 
the Cleveland Browns line and superior running back duo can stay healthy. So clearly the defense did its thing and we'll get more into that when we get into the Chicago Bears side of it as well. But it wasn't just that for the Cleveland Browns. They didn't have as easy a time on the offensive side of the ball. And the Chicago Bears did a good job of matching the pressure that the other offense was feeling. It just, uh, Cleveland just had the ability to do other things and didn't succumb to the pressure near as much as the obviously Chicago did. Say what you will about Baker Mayfield, but I've liked the way he's looked so far this season. He looks more comfortable in this offense in year two. And it just makes me feel all the more confident when I see him out there throwing the ball around that this team really has championship aspirations. I don't think that Baker's going to have the volume to be a week to week starter in your general leagues there, but I think he definitely can give you a steady floor for his quarterback play at this point. And I think Cleveland is going to have some weeks where they have to lean on him a little bit more than they've had to up until this point. But I'm also pretty convinced that, that not putting too much on Baker's shoulders to have to, you know, do a bunch of five to seven step drops to win a game is what you want to do. I think they've really found a formula that fits well to him. And I think he's a fine NFL quarterback. I just don't know if he's, you know, in that same range as your Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady. I don't think that he gives you as much as they can from a passing standpoint, but he still might be the best quarterback they've ever had in Cleveland. So it's a weird line that they're walking there and it's going to be weird when it comes contract time, how much he actually gets, but so far so good. And while they couldn't quite keep up with Kansas city, I feel like they can give everybody a pretty hard time when they're running right. And while I think the hurt loss of Jarvis Landry definitely hurts them in the, in the short term, it really helped to have Odell Beckham Jr. back in there today. Being able to get 52 of the 81 snaps is encouraging. Getting out there for 35 pass routes, which meant he only missed six of Baker's pass attempts, was huge as well. I thought that he looked really good and fluid out there. He may not have been at his peak. It was hard to tell because they didn't really have to stretch him out that much. But at the same time, I thought he looked fluid out there, and I thought it really did add something to the offense overall. I felt like in the first parts of his time there that they were having to force things to him a little bit and that you know he was expecting a little bit bigger target share and the like. But it feels like coming off the injury, there was a different vibe to the way they were using him. And they really did need him at times to be that kind of guy that can make that extraordinary play for them in the passing game and to kind of open things up underneath. I still feel like Baker really flows better when he's able to work the underneath and when he's really able to unleash his accuracy in the 15 and and shorter range of passes. I feel like he has to put more of his body into the throw the deeper it gets 
And while he still makes throws there, it just doesn't feel like it's as efficient when he's having to use that part of the field. But still having Odell there, being able to extend the defense any amount of yardage away from the line of scrimmage is a big win for this team. And it's very encouraging from a fantasy aspect as well that he is such a pronounced presence at the top of the receiver chain just right out of the bat for the Cleveland offense. They're going to be scheming stuff towards him, whether it's the defense scheming coverage towards him or it's him you know, having plays run for him. Either way, that's good for the Cleveland Browns offense to just take any, as much pressure off the run game as you can while not having to lean on it as your main modus operandi. That's the optimal scenario. And then you get Jarvis Landry back underneath. That doesn't do really anything for Odell's fantasy value. It's better to have him be Baker's main target without question, whether it's short or long. But from a football aspect, I just like the way that that mixes in with Odell. And uh, today went a long way in making me feel a lot better about Odell's prospects going forward. I mean, I know they didn't convert all their targets, but the fact that he stepped in right away was huge. And it really did bring a presence to the Browns offense, which I thought was even bigger. Now, I talk about Baker and Odell first here, but it's still the running game that makes this offense go. Having Wills, Batonio, Trotter, Teller, and Conklin all in there definitely makes a heck of a lot of difference. This unit's had a year to work. And I don't think people realize how much the offensive line is one of those units that when it's able to run is really working in concert together. And this unit doesn't really have a Waldo that you can pick on in the pass rush. I mean, not that everybody is really created equal here, but at the same time, when you don't have anybody that you can really point to and pick on, that's a big deal. It was pretty clear when you watched the game that the Bears did a good job of getting after Cleveland and showing up on the defensive side of it. They had 21 pressures of their own and really through the first half were keeping up stride for stride with the Bears because they were holding down the Cleveland offense. It just uh, didn't hold all the way to the end and they got that touchdown at the very end of the half to Hooper. And then, of course, the Browns opened it up from there. But still, even then, they didn't pull away exactly like you would have expected from a team that was doing so poorly on the offensive side of the ball. It's still a pretty even snap breakup between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Nick was able to get out into 13 routes and obviously got the big amount of the rushing touches. It was just Kareem that seemed to get out on the edges and seemed to have a better time and obviously got the touchdown. It's probably going to take one or the other to go down to really maximize either of these guys as true running back ones. But I think with the way this offense goes, you can probably count on both of them to an extent. And this was baked into both of their draft price. But with the lack of quality options at running back that you can truly count on week to week these days, The running back certainly and the line certainly didn't do anything to dissuade me that Cleveland can have two guys at a given time get the job done. It's just Chubb is going to be a little bit more touchdown and yardage dependent 
And there also might be days where Kareem Hunt doesn't get involved either. So there may be more clunkers with these guys. And I guess you can consider today a clunker for Nick Chubb since he didn't you know, really get there. But still, eight points isn't going to kill you. It's just not going to get you over the hump for somebody that you drafted as high as you probably drafted Nick Chubb. I'll tell you from the eye test standpoint, just like I like the way that Odell looked, I like the way that Kareem Hunt was running the ball, and Nick Chubb was looking smooth and just like himself as well. He just didn't get that big run, and then Kareem had the angry touchdown where he made a tremendous play. So that's the way the ball bounced on this day. It bounced the other way on the touchdowns last week. So, yes, it's not optimal for fantasy, but it lets the Browns go It is their life force, so you can't count on that portion of it. And then on the Kareem Hunt side, if he's going to get targeted like this, which was probably a little bit more due to Chicago getting after their ass, but still, if he's going to get targeted like this and run the way he was running, I think he's a good bet too, and you're going to get some payoff on where you drafted him too. So clearly a great day for the Browns. I think that was probably the worst nightmare for Chicago Bears fans. And while I'm not from Chicago and while you wouldn't count me a humongous Bears fan necessarily, I do really like Justin Fields and did draft him in best ball drafts like he was going to be good this year. So I was a little disappointed overall in the way this game went for him. As I expressed earlier, talking about the Cleveland's Brown defense, they were absolutely dominant at every step of the game Justin really didn't have anywhere to go and it was a testament to Cleveland how it seemed like they were coming from every direction and it wasn't like an all-out rush where there wasn't gap integrity either so these guys are rushing in their lanes and keeping Justin from the outsides especially with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney on the edges that was devastating for Chicago and just really outlined their biggest deficiency with the offense in the offensive line. It wasn't good in the running game either. So the fact that they were trying to take the pressure off of Justin and doing a whole bunch of first down running right into this defensive front that was all over at them just made things worse. There was no design runs. It didn't feel like they adjusted the offense at all. And I really was kind of angry watching it because it just there wasn't any sort of competent game plan that felt like to what they were doing here. And I was so shaken that it made me question just how much Matt Nagy had submarined Mitchell Trubisky. And I'm like one of the worst Mitchell Trubisky guys. I don't like Mitchell Trubisky, but I was so shaken by the way that the Bears did what they did that it just made me question everything as far as what they were doing here and what how they set Justin up for success. It wasn't good for Justin at all either, right? But he really didn't have hardly any time at all. I think if there was a stat that, you know, how long did he have to throw on his throws, he would have been dead last or pretty close to it to, in this game. And obviously the Bears put a, fir- a second-round pick into their left tackle and have tried to put resources into that, but it did not hold up tonight, and especially on the edges where Chicago is vulnerable. And then when you've got Jadavian and 
Miles Garrett just dominating on either side. It, it just didn't lead to anything. You know, I love the way that the Eagles run the offense last year with Jalen Hurts. And re- really, I think they've built on it this year. We'll see what happens against the Cowboys here coming up momentarily. But it didn't look like Matt Nagy had any plans of helping Justin Fields out at all. He just had him doing the same things and not really giving him much protection to do it with, whether that was, you know, just the line itself, or it didn't really feel like he was, you know, really willing to block more people and it just backfired and made me question everything about the way that they've been doing things. thought this was a guy that had more plays that had a playbook supposedly that he hadn't even gotten out with for plays with Justin Fields. And it's just, hasn't been creative. It led to a historic performance by Miles Garrett, who is a really good player and certainly earns his 20 million, but man, just the whole thing schematically, the way he called plays, the way they use Justin, none of it made sense. And now he's openly questioning whether it's going to be Justin or how long Andy's out or is he going to use Foles? He's definitely got to be the favorite to be the first coach fired. And while I hope for Justin's sake that they turn it around and they're able to show more in a matchup that adds up more for them than what Cleveland could have brought, I think they should really look in the mirror before they go blaming Justin for what happened here because it was – ugly and gross and I I just hope he gets a chance against the Lions to make it better and for them to get their legs underneath them before they go to the Raiders and then they play the Packers and then Bucks so got some time to turn this around here and I hope they don't go back to Andy even though it did look more competent when Andy was playing here but it also looked like they were just trying to run things like they would for Andy. And it just didn't seem like there was any adjustment whatsoever. And it was super disappointing, disheartening, and really kind of made me sick to my stomach to a certain degree. And if you have any of the options that the bears have right now, you've got to feel a certain amount of disheartening and a certain amount of distrust for what this team is bringing to the table. Certainly doesn't make me feel good about Allen, even though he's out there and he's, you're trying to make adjustments and trying to make these plays, and he is the number one option. But, man, number one option for what when it comes to this offense? I know it's Justin's first game, but it was that bad. And maybe it's just that bad a matchup. I don't know that the Lions have anybody capable of dominating like Miles Garrett did, but at the same time, the Lions have been scrappy here. And they're certainly not going to lay down for anybody. They're going to fight to the bell. And I I like the way that the attitude of their coach is rubbed off on the team. And I don't like the way that it feels like the attitude of this coach is rubbed off the team on the team. And it feels like it's just permeating the whole thing and make me feel really queasy about my bets on the Chicago bears and Justin Fields and the like when, this is what you do. You, there's not a single design run. Like there wasn't anything you could have done there. I mean, you need to make them think about other stuff to open up everything else so that he can get loose and you can be dynamic. Or you just want him to sit in the pocket and run your gross Andy Dalton offense. It sickens me. And 
I wish I had more for Bears fans to be excited about other than the defense, you know, matched them shot for shot and looks like it's got something going there. If you turn to Foles, I probably think you should fire the coach right there. I hope it happens at this point. I'm so sickened by it, and I I really just can't talk anymore about it because I'm so upset for Justin Fields' win. I know that he can bring more to this, and I know that he has dynamic tools to get him through that first part of quarterbacking where you don't have as good a pocket presence or pocket passing. You have to have the physical tools to get around that. He has those physical tools. It's just Cleveland did a great job of covering the stuff up that was there. And then even if there had been open receivers down the way, there's no way he would have had time to throw it because Cleveland Browns just had the edge either way and seemed to have multiple guys coming at Justin. It wasn't just one guy that Justin had to try and make mix. It was an ugly amount. We'll hope it was a, a fluke thing and that they keep going with Justin here. They haven't seemed all that confident, but I don't think they deserve to seem all that confident just how bad they've looked at this point. Well, not to end things on a sour note, but it is what it is. It was just a sour game for Chicago and we'll hope that, you know, things get better in week two for Justin. We'll hope that they actually show some coaching skills and some coaching brains and go and try to actually make him work. Cause I don't think that Andy's going to save his job either. So Better make Justin work and better show you can actually you know, coach a quarterback and make him develop rather than just being the turd that you were today. Well, that's what I've got for this game. I appreciate your time. Download the podcast and appreciate mine. That's the big metric for people listening to the podcast, apparently, is not even that you listened, but that you download. So, you know, hey, go download all of the episodes at any given time if you want and uh, then delete them if you feel like it because that's that will help your boy and uh, definitely look for more games coming out kind of got to a late start today but we got this one off as the Cowboys game is starting so we're in better shape now so look for more games here this week and have a great rest of your day <music>